0: Welcome to Game Moven, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing The Queen of Lights Last Stand by Baker Parker Posse. If you like what we're doing here, you can follow us on Twitter at Game Oven, where you can join our Discord. And you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Game Oven.
1: Queen Irene answered her daily correspondence with the gentle advice of her blade warden Leon Kubrick while her court bard Henbit Lemium, sang and arranged flowers When she received an invitation to parley with Queen Blythe of Vernet the three began the journey north Along the road they came across a strange and frightening creature an adolescent inflicted by a horrible curse A curse Henbit believed she could cure
2: and it picks up the cup and offers it to the creature and says, Nettle is a fortifying herb. It will protect you from both life and death. The spider lily is the flower of death and also of rebirth. Is the creature's mouth, or is this person's like mouth visible, or is it just the wax of the face?
3: You see mouth and nose, only the eyes are covered in wax.
2: Gotcha. Can I just, like, dump the tea over the wax?
3: Sure. You do need to cast a runes roll here to do this. So tell me how many points you're spending first.
2: Yeah, I'm currently at 23 runes. I don't know what the economy's like in this game. Something like this, how much would you say would should be spent? What would be a reasonable amount here?
3: So the only way you can replenish your runes is if you roll snake eyes. Mm-hmm. To give you a general idea. Three, maybe?
2: Okay. That'd bring my tw- total runes down to 20. However, I did roll a 22.
3: Would our queen like to assist?
0: I will assist with orders. And do I need to use the quotes when I give orders, or just do I just save them for whenever?
3: You need to use the quotes. If you roll against it to intimidate or inspire, you need to use quotes. If you are just doing this, you can use quips if you would like, but you don't necessarily need to use quotes. Like you got this, like bardic inspiration type of thing.
0: And to be careful. I trust you know what to do, but still be careful.
3: You're encouraging her.
0: She seems to know what she's doing. So that brings
3: you to 22 for your orders, I believe.
0: Yeah. Also, that last comment was just a thought
1: Meanwhile, Leon has the double hands running over the top of his helmet, exasperated posture.
0: oh down. You see that she has like an arrow ready to go <laughs> at a second's notice.
1: I can still see the castle from here, and we're already deviating. It's along the way.
3: With the words of concern from your queen, and you allow the... cooled down slightly so it doesn't hurt them, pour over their face where the wax sits. The wax begins to melt off, and underneath you see these bright curious green humanoid eyes staring back at you scared and they kind of shy away a little bit but you you notice from the light more than anything as they block the light for a moment until their eyes adjust and they stop muttering but they're still talking very softly and, and kind of stuttering as they speak Thank you, thank you so much. I, I can find my way home from here, if, now that I can see. I, did, I didn't know that was possible. See I told you she knew what she was doing.
2: You've met with trouble along the road.
3: Unfortunately, you need to do what you need to do to survive, and uh, I picked the wrong target.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. How long ago was that, Leon shouts from a few paces away?
3: Um, what year is it?
1: Wait, do I know the answer to this?
0: Do you been know the answer? Probably.
1: Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna deviate really <laughs> hard here because this is at least Sorry, this is at least one year after the arrival of the Verdrine in the Bronze Hollow Valley. Oh, that's true. I Are may have right? worked the whole yeah. timeline in that case. Doesn't the dam get blocked?
0: There is a period of time where the river is blocked and the verdrain are there. It is sometime after the verdrain are there. And I think it may be when the
1: There's a short window. There is a short window though. Yeah. What, what was the date of the quest game? 1683. This is before then. It's 1591, sir.
3: 1591. And you see him counting with his fingers and he goes to the second digit on his other hand. And says, eight years, nine, maybe.
1: Is this the kind of threat that would um, move along over the course of that amount of time, or does it settle
3: down and stay? Question mark. Which part—the threat of what I did, what I stole, or the the what was put upon me?
2: The person you stole from.
3: Oh, I don't quite know who they are. That they, they were a very old gentleman with a clean-shaven face. He, he looked richer than any person I've ever seen before. Granted, that's not saying much. Not as rich as as you. Pointing to Irene,
0: who was like peeking out from behind me. <laughs> yeah
1: definitely like is like lifting the shield as Irene is like peeking over the shield
3: like no 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 you're not allowed to look at the queen the queen's like no 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 no
0: no 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 and like as as you do that and you're distracted she just has your bar shift back couple faces and leaves leans behind you she's curious she wants to see
3: he wasn't alone though I think person who did this was a younger woman. She couldn't have been much older than my older sister, so that was mid-twenties? Perhaps? Mm. I just remember grabbing a pouch and feeling a cold hand on my arm. Everything went dark. But her voice was very distinctly clear. As she the words that will probably haunt me for all eternity I'm
0: sorry that's horrible
1: yes yes very tragic was that northeast of here northwest south what would you say the general direction
3: I've only seen her two other times in the last nine years I've kept hidden in the forest she travels along this path I don't know how far north she goes or why she travels, I dare not go closer.
0: I think moral of the story is don't rob strangers, and they'll be fine. She said that to Le- Leon specifically. Leon, I keep calling you Leon. Sorry, Leon.
1: Oh, it's fine. I'm not worried about us robbing strangers. I'm worried about powerful strangers seeing an opportunity.
3: I can try to remember what her voice sounds like and you, can, you can describe it if you wish or, or, or give details of her appearance my village is um the west a little I think beyond Chalmere
0: we would have already passed through their village if we even passed it at all
3: yeah, we'll say you, you passed through a small village about an hour or two ago
0: you know what she looks like, we can you
3: every. Whomever is looking at this person, please make me another
0: heart.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I'm looking right at him. And that's a six.
0: Thirteen. Fifteen. Leon is trying to stop me and has not succeeded. Because <laughs> I just keep moving my camping bar so I can see.
3: As you are watching and having this conversation trying to decipher what had happened, when it had happened, if there's an actual threat that needs to be a concern for Shamir you're noticing very subtly but Leon you notice the most because of your looking for any type of threat basically but the skin is starting to change color it's starting to get a little bit brighter and the arms seem to not quite reach the ground anymore and it looks like it seems to possibly be reversing completely or at least more so than just the wax removing from the face.
1: Leon gets a wide look in his eyes. Envid, what did you do, and can you do it again?
2: Well, I made a tea out of nettle and spider lily and then inscribed it with a rune, and can you
1: not? No, I cannot. Well, honestly, I can... Barely make tea out of regular leaf, let alone nettle and spider, whatever you did. And runes are. My, my good man, my good man. Uh, would you would you uh, care to sit, and rest a bit with us?
3: Sure. Um, w- are you hungry? I can catch us something.
1: You? Uh, no, we're <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> you get a flack from ivory' And it's
1: like pong off the top, off the back of his helmet. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, my apologies, madam. I'm sure it'd be lovely. We've only just left town. We have plenty of rations. Uh, happy to share one.
0: Oh, okay. Are we just adopting us and my cursed child along
1: the way? He's about
3: to be knocked hurt.
0: We get very distracted very easily. I don't care.
3: I just throw less monsters or don't or throw more monsters. I don't know.
0: We'll figure it
1: out. This little curse boy is going to end very tragically, I think. I think there's going to no. be some tears. No. Yeah. So no. Leon, in sort of a weirdly uncharacteristic, kind of loses his sense of caution for a second and actually dismounts the capybara and leads it over to the boy and kind of looks over. Well, we should um, cook a fire. Yes. Have some lunch. Getting about mid morning. The queen always likes her brunch. I've brought scones.
0: I haven't had a scone in so long.
1: Eight or nine years, yes.
0: Do you have jelly? Irene reaches into her bag and pulls out a jar that she knew <laughs> about. Actually, she reaches into Le- 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 well, one of Leon's pack, where she knows he probably hasn't started and pulls it out.
3: It claps its hands together, very excited, almost like stimming, and it noticed that the hands are a little bit smaller, too. So it seems with time the... It is reversing on its own. Out of character. You won't need to cast anything else again. It's just a very slow process. Do not waste the room points.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, can I try to do something that maybe isn't in the rules, or should I ask someone else to attempt to do this? But I have a little owl figurine, and I would like to present it to the child once this boy now, I mean, he's you know, no longer a teenager, he's in his 20s, but he has the mind of a teenager. Once this young man gets a little recovered, and I'm going to ask him to, like, hey, could you the best as you can whisper the sound of this person's voice, any detail you have about this person into this owl for me.
3: Sure, yeah, I, I can do that. I'm going to roll, I'll die.
1: You're going to roll one? That's I'm not gonna fair. I'm going to roll
3: I want to roll. You have as many points as you want them. I know. And I succeeded. <laughs> I said a random DC. As you're sitting around and watching the body transform, eating rations, they're holding the owl figurine in their hand and thinking, and they're talking to themselves, and you can hear very clearly the accent changing in their voice as they are starting to mimic a different. And they repeat a sentence, the same sentence, over and over again. And it's, you'll be cursed for what you have done. They keep repeating that sentence, but tweaking the accent a smidge more, making it a little bit higher every single time. And then finally, they hoard the voice, saying that phrase, but also stating, this is the voice of a woman who was in her... Potentially mid twenties, at least by looks, dark black hair, curly and sh- short, Up above the ear, a man's cut almost. And she didn't wear a dress; it was a suit, I believe, with a, a vest. No, there's no jacket. It was a vest and a uh, undershirt. I thought it was strange because I've never seen any of my mothers, or my mother's or her friends, wearing anything pants alone. Uh, um, not a dress. I guess there's not many other things options, but the biggest thing is her her, her magic is cold. Her eyes are a dark brown, almost black. Uh, and then he like stops, and his voice it takes effect. Uh, so it takes a couple seconds for him to get back to it, the normal voice that he was speaking in, previously. And then hands you the figurine. I um I think
0: I got it.
1: That was excellent, my good man. Thank you. And then he takes the
3: owl and tucks it back into his pack.
0: Did that sound familiar at all? Does that sound like anyone we know?
3: Uh, you can roll a hearts check.
1: I've heard tales of women wearing pants.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How dare
0: they? There have been, like, maybe, like, a couple of times when Lyon was sick and couldn't guard her. She's like, Yes! pants time i got a 4 oh
2: you have a 13 on that one
3: henbit you can place the dialect it is significantly further north okay possibly beyond where the rumored undying empire is but you're not quite sure
2: oh that's um, that's very far
1: north Exciting.
3: Oh, we... Ooh,
1: mm, mm,
2: that's mm, where the mm.
3: dialect is from, specifically. It doesn't mean that's where she's living currently. Oh, bikes
1: yeah. On bikes.
2: Henbit, like, listens to... Hears that and says, She's a very long ways from home.
1: Oh, you're familiar? Leon does a suspicion in the direction of Henbit.
2: Vaguely. traders pass through. I mean, the river has remained a source of trade despite its
0: not existing in some areas
2: current state despite a large chunk of it not not existing Henbit just leans back and says traders have passed through peddlers the nearest I could place is as far north as, as Temfall or Zago maybe far to the north very
0: far indeed
1: I haven't heard of any of those places.
0: What do I deal with my four? Have I met her?
3: A long time ago, when you were seven years old, there was a giant party that you were not supposed to attend. Your mother and father threw parties all the time, and you didn't understand why you couldn't go to them. You were allowed to come in for dinner, and then you were shown around for about an hour and then sent to bed or to your room. Leon, of course, always on your heel. At this party, you heard this voice, or at least a voice very similar to it. You can't quite remember. It might not be the exact same, but it does sound familiar. And you remember with the description, uh, you remember seeing a woman, black curly short hair, but she was wearing a dress in that instance. A very form-fitting dress, much against many of the other people's attire. One that was meant to draw attention away from anybody else.
0: I think Irene just kind of gets a far-off look for a second before turning to um, Leon. And yeah, you remember that time when I was like seven years old and I snuck out to into the party? The one that my parents were throwing?
1: No, I don't remember that, which is how you snuck out
0: think she was there
1: oh you no we're now we're no we're just chasing fairy stories dear
0: I know that voice and the description I mean she was wearing a dress is very form-fitting I remember hearing people rumbling about it
1: oh yes a scandal at a noble court how novel come on
0: I know the voice
3: how old is Irene now
0: I think she's probably like early mid twenties.
1: Early mid twenties can be one of t- one of two years, twenty two or twenty three, and that's it. Because early twenties is twenty and twenty one, and late mid twenties is twenty four and twenty five. So those are the only two years.
0: I'm not going to tell you which ones you're gonna just because you no! said that. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she she is pretty young for a queen, but she's old enough to, or she can do it, but she's still, people look at her and think, aren't you a little young? And She's like, I've been training for this since I was 10 years old.
3: How old is Leon?
1: Leon was the Blade Warden for both Irene and Irene's mother. Oof. So Leon is 67 years old.
3: So, with that four, what you will also gather is this boy described a woman as her mid-twenties, somewhere around your age, perhaps. Hmm. But that was nine years ago. Fourteen years ago, when you saw her, she looked like she was in her mid-twenties. Possibly slightly younger, but nowhere near ten, which is where she would be,
1: I just want to go on record. You said that, and Zad and I made the same face. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking, and I don't
2: quite know what face I was making, and you distracted me from we it. We definitely but, yeah, both
1: yeah. did the, like, just crunkle our lips into the smallest shape possible face, like...
0: <laughs> it's like I said earlier, it's fucking Kostovich. It may not be Vladislav, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those assholes. You don't have to go with that name. We
2: have a daughter that's unaccounted for at this point, but whatever. He might have a few.
0: There's more than one family of vampires that are assholes, so it doesn't have to be Zanacostavich.
2: There are 14 kingdoms, and they've got an entire org chart to fill out with vampires. There are lots of them.
0: As that clicks in Irene's head, she'll turn to Henbed. You know about a dying vampire, just how then what kind of undying are we talking about?
2: Oh, well, they're vampires.
0: I think she might be one of them if it's the same person I'm thinking, Does that description matches what I remember. 14 years ago.
2: They're also assholes. So, mm-hmm. and then gestures at the at the the guy who is the, the poor kid who's slowly getting put back together. I would say that the air of entitlements and. Let's say outsized reaction to minor slights is rather telling.
0: So, if we run into her, we definitely don't want her to know what happened.
1: Probably why. If we encounter her, get behind me and we will move swiftly down the road.
0: Sounds like a good plan, but hopefully we won't. If we do, it might get messy if she did this.
1: Well, yes, I would hate for her to do that to one of us. Looks over at Henbit and then looks over at Irene.
0: You've just accepted the fact that I've adopted Henbit into my life. Just like, nope, you're my friend now.
1: (laughs) Do not resist. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: just the moment of like, you are the one person who's not immediately sucking up to me. Will you be my friend, please? Maybe somebody who doesn't suck up to me.
3: So as time goes on, eventually the boy looks like very thin young adult now dark circles under his eyes very dirty but normal a human normal human looking again. and he looks very confused as he's like staring at his body eventually he uh, stands and says Give me one moment and he walks away to a little clearing beyond two people roll me a detail
1: I will roll a d10. I have a nine. A nine. Oh, my God, Zad. <laughs> Again? Got the, it's the brain cell. We've got the brain cell. Yeah, we got the one.
0: Floating the brain cell tonight.
1: Zad and I are a dyad in the force.
3: <laughs> All right, so when he comes back, he is holding a... Dirty looking piece of fabric, and something is, seems to be wrapped up inside of it. And as he comes closer, he hands it over to Leon, specifically noticing his protective aura. This is something that I found long ago that I think may be of more use to you, especially if you were to run into her. I don't know if it'll help, but hopefully. And he hands it over, and the fabric is a long and frilly scarf. Like a champagne pink color at one point. The frills on the edges seem to have frayed quite a bit due to time, and the dirt obviously has stained it a little bit. But inside is a medallion. With a picture of a falcon with its wings spread across the front and uh, ornate, beautiful piece on the back. Ten-bit, you get a sense of magic coming from it.
1: Well, this is a truly masculine and powerful medallion, my good boy. Thank you for this wonderful gift. If I may give you something in return. And he pulls out basically a stock letter of please don't bother this person and then really quick signs his name along the crease of the letter and hands it to him. When you return home, hand this over to whomever authority should jostle you. It has my signature on it. You will be able to pass safely home.
3: I appreciate that. Thank you. And then he looks at Hembit and says, like, holds out his hand to take yours for a moment, if you allow. Yeah. And he just clasps it and... Look, see when the eyes says, Thank you. For not running and actually helping.
2: You are nothing more than a creature out of its place. That's not so frightening with the right kind of eyes. But find your home. It's good to be home. Good to have a home.
3: And with that he will nod and, and bow to the queen for Rushing, running towards the village.
1: Leon turns over holding the medallion and uh, looks over at Henbit. Well, I didn't really do much. I believe that this is yours, ma'am, and hands the medallion to Henbit. What does it do? You don't know. Now's no time for min maxing. Just take the gift.
3: I, I will <laughs> say it is not a bad thing. <laughs>
1: And it looks
2: at it and just, like, sighs, reaches out to take it, picks it up, looks at it again, hefts it, and sighs deeply and says, with apologies, I am not going to wear this, and passes it
1: back. <laughs> you're right. And then he just pins it directly to his breastplate. You're, you're absolutely correct. It does look better on me.
3: If you wish to make a a rune's roll to see if you recognize if that, what magic was in it, you can.
2: 11 on that rune's roll.
3: Okay. This item is an item of transformation. It seems to allow whomever is wearing it to transform into something. Possibly the falcon that is on the front.
1: That's sick as hell.
2: As bits getting back into the saddle, oh, it lets you turn into a bird.
1: It what?
0: I want one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, if you say that loud enough, Leon, I think, is obligated to just give it to you.
0: That's why she doesn't say it very loud. <laughs> She's sitting here thinking, this is why we just let him do things.
3: Mechanically, by the way, the Falcon Medallion Whenever you wish, you may subtract three from a skill to transform into a falcon or back into your original. So it will be six points total to switch to and from, but it can be taken from any of your skill, including your hearts.
1: So what you're saying is it's three points to be a falcon for the rest of my life. Yes. <laughs>
0: How are you going to guard the queen? As a bird, peck everybody's eyes out.
2: <laughs> have you heard the expression "free as a bird"?
0: <laughs> so you're ditching your charge? Okay, have fun.
2: <laughs> we shall see.
0: Have fun living with that on your conscience.
2: Leon, the blade, blade just disappeared one day. Now there's this like sick bird that's going around having a great bird life.
1: I am protecting the queen from rabbits. <laughs> I'm protecting the queen from not having a sick ass bird. I know, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, so we are heading north, presumably directly into the path of a vampire. Or something
1: horrifying. Excellent.
0: Something undead and upsetting that might know me and has at least been has been in my house at least once.
2: Sort of gloomy prospects.
0: Did my parents die under mysterious circumstances or did they just die of natural causes? I am now paranoid.
3: That is a fantastic question.
0: How many people we have had to die under mysterious circumstances?
1: When the GM says that is a fantastic question, I always get a little shiver. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a pretty high
2: kill rate of the, the parents of, of present aristocracy. We do know, though, how the the king and the old king and queen of Urnet died. Or not how they died, but why they died. And fair enough.
0: Yeah, that was that was very much not how it happened here. But I get the feeling Bly thinks it might have been. And I'm just like, <laughs> no.
3: Your father died of. A illness probably about three years ago and your mother they rumor died of heartbreak because she went a year later neither were mysterious per se at least the doctors didn't think
0: so I have no reason to suspect that this lady killed my parents or anything she's just sus
3: they both just got one got really sick randomly. It could just because he's old. Be because he's old. You don't know. And the other died of heartbreak, which is a very very common
0: reason to die. So yeah, sure. Possibly. The character doesn't question it. The player is now very suspicious of you, Nikki. Hi,
3: mean, whatever for? You've done nothing wrong.
0: As I know you.
3: <laughs> so you save the boy. He goes home. Gives you a magical item. And you'll keep on traveling.
0: Just, you know, bumping off on her cafe bars.
3: You continue to travel. You eventually find a place to
0: rest for the night.
3: We'll say that the trip is pretty uneventful for a good three or four days. The point where Leon, you're probably getting suspicious at how uneventful it has been. And as you're starting to, like, possibly question what is actually going on make me a hearts roll please everybody can make
1: that is a 7 from Leon uh, I got a 15
0: exactly a 20
1: 30 20
0: okay that's a lot of dice rolls we're in danger
3: not necessarily so you have been traveling through the forest for a couple of days now and you're getting close to the location that you need to be at where there is a dock it's inconveniently placed in the middle of the forest but it was the safest place where they could put it it was less likely to be attacked it was also less likely to be seen so that meant it stayed safe for longer but it's really inconvenient to get to when you get there there is a boat that is prepared and ready to travel if need be. You see a woman with very tanned, freckled skin with curly, uh, lightened brown hair from the sun. Though it is a little frizzy from the salt water, it is pushed up underneath mostly a hat. A giant captain's hat. She has a scar Across her eye and one eye is blue, there of blindness that you are mostly familiar with. But she stands near the docks leaning up against a couple of boxes, whistling a tune while whittling away at some
1: Hail well, Madam Is there a ferry in? Are the waters low?
3: And she doesn't respond. It keeps whittling like she tilted her head so you know that she heard you and she whittles and like she's studying this for like a solid minute before she makes like one little cut looks it away and then she looks up and goes um yeah I have um the bo- I got a boat and I can definitely take you rust if that's what you want it is she studies you all for a second What's the money situation? Do you got one yet? Nope, no. Okay. It's a couple silver per person.
1: And mounts?
3: Oh, each of the mountain. Mm. Taking those capybaras, those do weigh you down. Those are going to be uh, six silver apiece.
0: I do have a question, though. Can't capybaras swim?
1: They 100% can swim. How fast is the river? Sort of, Leon gives it kind of a peek.
3: It is today, a little bit rushing water, a little bit, well, a little faster than normal.
1: Leon leans over to the queen and simply says, "Um, your grace, I have had not had to deal in silver for forty years, so you'll forgive me if I forgot." A purse.
0: There's a very intense eye roll that happens. <laughs> and I'm gonna roll to see if I remembered the purse. Wish she was back in her ear. It's supposed to be your responsibility, but do you mean you left it?
1: Even when we go out on the town, everyone just gives you things.
0: Oh my god, a trip! What do you This is like an angry whispered conversation. Oh my god, a trip! You said you were prepared. What do you mean you left the money at home?
1: I brought rations. I brought jam. I brought the crepes you like.
0: You didn't think to bring some silver.
1: Like I said, I haven't had to deal in silver in forty years.
3: I would love henbit because you're the one not arguing right now to roll a hearts check to see if you remember something.
2: Uh, so 17 is that heart check.
3: Okay. You remember hearing one of the employees of the queen that was packing her luggage when they were loading it onto the capybarras. They had actually stated that they made sure the emergency pouch was in there because the queen always forgets to bring money in that outside of the city, it won't fly very well.
2: That's for emergencies. Hembe reaches into the not-plant pocket and says, Right, how many of us do you think we could get across for... Oh, let's see here. Uh, That looks like two copper nails, a little roll of postage stamps from Zalo... Oh, these ones have the Faceless General on them. Uh, Everybody knows and loves that guy. This is the bottom left-hand corner of a uh, writ of passage that was given to me for some reason. Also, there's three very shiny rocks. Also, I have Vial of Raging Seawater, this little button that has a trumpet on it, and two shiny rocks. How many of us would be able to get across for that?
3: roll me a poems check for charming
2: that's a 19 I'm currently at 20 for poems
3: okay she looks at the items and she looks up at you and she looks at the items she looks up at you and for a second you think like she, there's no way she's gonna take this
2: oh no I'm genuinely like some of these things have to be valuable right
3: she picks up the shiny rocks and, like, studies them a little bit, and then she picks up the vial of raging seawater. She is fascinated by that, specifically. This and the shiny rocks will get the three of you and your a crust. Oh!
2: Delightful! My pockets will feel a bit lighter without those shiny rocks. I'll have to go get some more. Oh, if a tall man in a... The yellow coat with a big flat hat asks for that back. Best not to give it to him. Pretend you don't have it.
3: I'm great at pretending I don't have things.
2: Evit just grabs the like, Happy Byra reins and walks onto the boat. Nothing weird here.
1: Uh, yeah, Leon goes on last.
0: Picture ball, like, awkwardly cramped, taking up almost the entire boat.
1: I think there's, like, that slice of life, like, profile shot. Of them all just like on the boat. A little too snug.
0: That's like we have like the capybaras are all lined up and we're like next to their heads holding on for dear life.
2: And it's sitting on the side of over the edge of the boat with uh, with his feet dangling in the water.
0: Irene is giving her capybara the screeches because boats make him nervous. Don't worry, we're all good. We're all good. See, that's a good boy.
2: You know, we could have taken the medallion turned into a bird, flown across the river, turned back, and thrown it back real hard, or maybe skipped it across the water?
0: It would be really funny to see Leon's face.
1: The problem is, you see, um, if, if the, the falcon can't be alone on the other side of the river, yes. but the farmer can't be with the queen at the same time, so you have to move the falcon and the queen... Across and then and
0: th- <laughs> you're still stuck on this. I have explained it to you how many times, and you're still stuck on this.
1: I just, I just, I just don't get it. Okay, so the 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 the, the hen is going to eat all of the feed in like five minutes.
0: Have you not seen chickens eat?
2: Yeah, uh, the the one that's always tripped me up is the way that the uh, the 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 feed is going to absorb the wizard. That's always been the, the strange
1: moment for me. I don't get that one either. Anyway, we're here on the other side.
3: Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> oh, okay, not quite. <laughs> Damn it. You travel across the river with no issues. Birdie Gentleheart Padley, the captain of this ship, she is extremely nice, though, loves to sing a little off. So she is singing at the top of her lungs, very loud sea shanties, which thankfully don't need to technically be on key, but it's still a little, little pain.
2: Henbit is doing like the call and response lines and singing along very loudly. They're having a great time. Also, there's this really great Charles Cornette video of him playing piano underneath the video of all the celebrities doing Imagine from a couple of years ago. It's him modulating, playing the keyboard, to stay in key with all of the different changes and uh Henbit has his lyre out and you can see him trying to keep up with what key she's in as she's going and as she's modulating through so this is this is a great time for me
0: Irene is singing along not quite as artistically but just this is fun
3: the sea shanties that you've heard these before but not with as many curse words you heard the 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 lesser version like there are way more there's way more cussing you're like wait that's not how it's supposed
0: to go. like oh this is the daddy version wonderful watching leon's reaction as i sing along
1: leon does not like this
3: <laughs> shocking no one
0: <laughs> irene is a good queen irene also likes to poke fun at leon it's always good natured. It's really fun watching him do the angry face. <laughs> or the frustrated face.
3: You make it to the other side of the river. Captain Gentleheart is very excited that you played along and she says next time you come by attend it, you are welcome on here for free. You are fun to have around. Thank Fantastic. you.
2: I had a lovely time. Oh hey, would you look at that? A shiny rock and she goes over and picks up a shiny rock from off the off of the shore.
3: And the rest of you get off the boats on the Capiparas. You still have a good couple of hours of the day that you could travel. And as you're traveling, eventually you come across a ruins of sorts. It's a bunch of stones, and there was what seems to be buildings, but many of them have started to crumble. And I need a hearts roll from everybody.
1: Wow. Twenty three. A rare L for Leon.
0: Five. I have command to spend. We haven't done much yet. I can spend command. You can't tell me okay. what to
1: do. We're good. We're good for now.
3: So, Leon, still frustrated from trying to think of ways to get that dirty version of the song out of Irene's head, possibly. <laughs> out of his head. Irene, you are curious as you are staring around at these ruins bit you notice as well. Irene, you're the first one that notices that there are there's something that isn't stone. It's metallic. Almost the same shade of steel, the same shade of metal that the weapon is made of that some of your knights and it begins to shift and you see three separate beings begin to shift in the rubble. One is made completely of stone uh, one is made metal and the last is made mostly roots as they intertwine around a bunch of different objects to form three very different sized and different styled constructs and we are entering a fight
0: yeah I feel like the second Irene sees that she immediately does the hold symbol like holds up her first like hold and then points to it to draw the attention cause um Currently, I imagine Leon is trying to stop singing that song because she's been humming it. It's a little stay ice and stuck.
1: Leon, the fist goes up and, like, the whole demeanor changes, and his capybara just, like, blasts directly in front of the two of theirs, and his shield is up and his sword is out. Like, up. Uh, like, really quickly. Faster than probably Irene has seen that capybara ever move. And then it just stops like stone cold and he just stands there with his shield up kind of looking at the two of you. All right. If I shout run, head north, follow the
3: shoreline.
0: We can't be that much
3: farther, can we? Uh. You are a good two and a half days out.
1: Cool. The shoreline, the first road that you see that goes west and east, take it east, and find a guide, all right?
2: The shoreline, first road, road east. Find a guide.
0: Understand, but you better make it out of this. I'm not don't wanting you yet, old man.
1: Uh this is my job now. Let me do it. Do we just declare what we do?
0: So
3: each person can declare, you can discuss together what you want to do, so that you can work as a team if you would like each of you have your own unique abilities.
1: Enbit, do you have a blade? Do you arm yourself in any way? I think like, Enbit
2: pulls out a pair of uh, gardening scissors, like a little like pair of gardening clippers.
1: Leon takes a beat, looks at those, and then looks at the vines that are holding the constructs together, quickly like, snaps his head down to lower his faceplate, and then he's just like, you know what? Oddly enough, that'll do. The faceplate on his helmet is sick as hell. It's made of, like, a mirrored steel with little eye slits, and the mirrored steel has a uh, a lightning and thunder motif all through it. It is clearly very magical. So we've got one made of... Okay, so there's one made of stone, one made of metal, and one made of wood? Or are they amalgams? Are they, are they amalgamations?
3: Stone, metal, and... Um, vines with things that are holding it that is like wrapped around like stone inside of it
1: So
2: are you charging in?
1: Oh yes So Leon ushers his capybara to charge and he charges the one made of metal
0: I have arrows I'm not sure what good that's gonna do
2: I mean damage one would pursue Oh Why don't you hold off on your action for a moment
0: Yeah Irene is going to hold back to see if... Because, like, if these appear to be constructs, we know there's some kind of witch that exists. She's going to keep an eye out for, like, if there's anything else we haven't noticed yet. Alright. Might also try a couple of shots just to see if I can do something to the vine creature, but um, unless I can light it on fire, I don't think so.
3: So... First attack is against the metal construct. So go ahead and make a blades roll.
1: Let's go blades. Go blades. That is an
3: 18. Okay, so that is a success because your blades is at 20. And you do a grand total of 20 damage to this creature. The... Sword strikes into the metal, making a giant gash across it. And it seems that most of the damage was absorbed by this metal casing, but now there is a opening <laughs> to a weaker point of the body.
2: Are we doing like popcorn initiative? Was this like they they go, we go?
3: Sure. I will have this one react. It will swing at you. It's a giant metal club like arm and attempt to hit you. And it fails, so you are easily able to dodge out of the way.
2: Hembit turns his capybara in the direction of the vine covered one and also charges in, but as he's doing so, he reaches up and he unfastens the the clasp of his cloak, which, as the capybire picks up speed, flutters off and floats off out behind him, as from over his shoulders we're gonna say four vines start to stretch out and then, like, writhe and then move, and then one of them whips up, and catches a tree branch, and Henbit is is lifted off of off of her mount, and begins to swing forward. So as the capybara is coming towards the vine one from the ground, Henbit is is swinging from the trees. What she does is pulls out some of that mossy twine from the beginning, and also a small stick or, like, grabs a twig off of a nearby branch and lashes the twig to the back end of the shears so that when the cutting motion is finished, they'll make this Surisaz rune. And then, as the vine creature turns to face the capybara, Henbit swings overhead and drops on top of it, or, like, drops kind of behind it, and stabs the shears into the creature itself and gets them in a position so that they're making that thorn shape again. It's just, it's a line with a triangle sticking off to one side almost like a flag and sticks it on in there. It is a rune of disruption and I am looking to disrupt the magic of this thorn creature or this vine creature.
3: I'm going to say it will be five points to cast this.
2: Five points to cast it. All right. So that will reduce me down to 15, and I have rolled a 12.
3: Okay, you succeed. As the vines uh, swing you over and you expertly dive behind it, stabbing the shears into it, they begin to glow a vibrant red, and you don't feel any pain, but that red glow uh, is almost like as if the the shears were in a forage for a second and begin to spread across this thorny construct. You deal fifteen damage to this creature. And I'm going to say that after its shields are weakened, it does double damage with the fire. It is still up, but it is very it is it is actually hurt. So for context These creatures also have shields and hearts, so you can use shields to negate damage first before it goes to your hearts. It will retaliate. As you have this stinging, burning pair of shears in its back, its arms, which don't make sense where they are, seem to go inside of it as rocks fall out and come back out around the back where you are and try to, uh, wrap around you to squeeze and damage, uh, burgeoning damage of sorts. However, despite usually wanting to roll high on a d20, I did want to roll high on a d20, and it is confused and bewildered by this pain that it's the fire as it is spreading. It misses as I rolled a 1t1.
0: <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that with the metal one, there was a spot that, like a weaker spot that Leon exposed. hmm I want to take a shot at it.
3: So go ahead and use your arrows. Roll your d20 and d10, and your goal is 20 or less. It's a 9. A 9 is a success. You deal 20 damage to this being this plant based or this uh, metal thing and as the arrow shoots inside um, you see a small glowing red gem and your arrow pierces straight into it and it shatters <laughs> and there is a small implosion inside that kind of like sucks everything in really tight as if a vacuum crunched it um, as the metal collapses
1: Good shot, Queen!
3: Welcome. The last creature, the stone one, who has not been touched yet, will attack one of you. One, two, it is attacking. 10-bit, three, four, Irene, five, six, Leon. 10-bit, it is attacking you. So the stone one sees that you are up on its buddy, and you hear a loud clumping of steps behind you, as everybody else sees a gigantic rock-like hammer-almost arm go towards him. Why, d20? Why do you hate me?
2: <laughs> uh, I am just that good at dodging. Why do you
3: keep rolling 18s? <sighs> it misses.
1: It's a beautiful thing.
3: You hear it, and as you hear the swish of the stone, you're just like, whoop, and like duck back out of the way.
2: My shoulder vines like whip up, grab, like all four of them grab a, an overhanging branch and get, I just, just get like pulled back up in a way.
0: Do well, I have a question for him then. did we know you have those or is this our first time seeing those?
2: This is your first time seeing them. Yep, this is new.
0: I knew you were cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, Leon pulls his capybara around and just charges headlong into the wood one, hoping to finish it off once and for all. So we'll do blades here, but really, I'm rolling capybaras. So I'm doing more of, like, a charge attack. That didn't land properly. A 14, a 7 and 7, as they say in the biz.
3: All right. You rush up towards these vines, and swinging it almost like an axe, you slice directly through it. And thankfully an inch away from Henbit's own body, who is very close to the vine creature. And it falls.
1: Alright, that's one for me and the queen. Henbit, last one's yours. When he launched himself up off of the vine
2: construct that was first battered by the stone construct and then completely just, like, absolutely aced by Leon, he just, like, flies through the air flips and then lands on the back of his capybara. Two of the vines wrap underneath of the capybara and hold on. And then he takes out a single very long sprig of fennel and breaks it into three pieces, sort of like a reed snet, and remakes that Uru's room. Then lashes out with two more Binds, grabs onto one of the central rocks that makes up this construct. And I am going to use runes to basically give my capybara and also to an extent myself strength so that we can pull out whatever this central rock is to give us access to the underlying issue.
3: Okay. Make a runes check. I'll say this is uh, three, point. three points.
2: Three points this is y'all at a 12 this ain't looking great (laughs) hey I rolled a 9 hey the piece of fennel it almost like singes into the happy virus like shaggy back fur and like that's a mark that it will keep for quite some time and then the two of us pull and a central rock pulls out
3: because it sounds cool and is distracting. You do manage to do that. You yank it out and the red glow of that gem glows brighter and brighter as you yank it out the stone collapses instantly.
2: We pull out like an external rock and the internal gem is revealed but I still have those shears that just and it flips them up. And and then just like overhand chucks up straight into the gem in the center, and the disruption of the Therese's room is what maybe wears out the gem.
3: It explodes, causing a bright flash of red. And for a second, everybody's eyes have to close, almost as if you're being a mess. You're seeing the high beams hit your face while you're driving down the street.
1: Mine don't close. Oh, really? I've got, like, a reflective mask on. He's got cool sunglasses.
0: But it has eye holes, so you can actually see. For you
3: only, roll me a hearts. I'm doing it. I'm rolling a hearts. I'm rolling a heart. Are you... This is a comparison roll. I rolled a number already. Your goal is to beach the number I rolled. Up or down? Lower is always better.
1: Lower is always better. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes some golf. I got a ten.
3: Unfortunately, that is not low enough. Oh, heck. So as you look away for a brief moment while you're fighting, you remember the queen was behind you, in protective position where people couldn't get to her. This, these constructs couldn't get to her. Irene, though, after you shot the arrow, you saw a shadow that looked like smoke at first, and it started to come over you and before you could start speaking it was already silent so you try to call out but nobody hears you and the shadow completely engulfs you and when you all look after the flash Irene is gone
1: Stop, rap bastard
3: but there is a note on the floor that just says in the same handwriting as the letter from Queen Blythe I look forward to dinner. Don't be late. And that's where we're going to end today's episode. What the hell? Was this a setup? This is, <laughs> I was given permission to take away
0: Irene. It, like, it's not going to end poorly, but if you want to go ahead and kidnap Irene, because then we have room for story, because who kidnapped her and and was it actually Blythe?
3: That's up to the next champ. Oh.
0: There are many
2: questions. Light never made it back to her net, did she?
1: We I got, got next... oh, oh we oh we done played ourselves. Oh. Mm-hmm. We well, played we're... ourselves on Game Woven, like a fiddle. Well there yep. we go. she
3: <laughs> So that was the Queen of Light's last stand.
1: Thank you so much, Nikki. Beholder, for, beholder, beholder for no one. Beholder to no one. Thank you, Nikki. Beholder to no one for coming on Game Woman. That was lovely. Uh, what a wonderful slice of life that added so sadly.
3: Maybe sadly. Maybe sadly. You don't know.
1: Maybe sadly. Well, the maybe whole. she just got kidnapped by blood. Like, who, who does that? Fine. That's so impolite. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Game Oven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Game Oven, join the Discord, support the Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. This week's episode featured our first guest DM, Nikki, from Beholder to No One. You can find her at Beholder to No One on Twitter. Benjamin, who you can find at TTBenjamin. Sad, who you can find at and Green. And me, Brianna Jean, you can find at Brianna Jean's.